This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hello, auto enthusiasts. Welcome to the Collector Car Podcast. Today, I am going to give an overview of the market trends for air-cooled Porsches. That's Porsche and not Porsche. I've been making that mistake for like over 40 years. This is a really big swag on these numbers since there are so many models and sub-models to choose from. So to keep it semi-simple, I'm using the latest three-year market trends using Haggerty's valuation tools, and I'm focusing on the base air-cooled Porsches for each generation and model year. So there'll be a few more specifics here in a second. I attempted to include recent auction results using Sports Car Market's Platinum database, but it included Speedster replica results, which would have skewed everything significantly. So once I figure out how to remove those data points, I will use them going forward. Some of you may be wondering about the yellow slash beige color for this episode's cover art. Well, this is the first time I've had an engine for the cover art, obviously the air-cooled Porsche engine, which makes sense. And the background color is from the engine decals on the 356. So I love throwing some of those little fun things in there. I plan on doing a market trend analysis at least once a month and more as time permits. So there's think of all the cars in the world. I'd love to do uh, one for all of them. That just takes a lot of time. <laughs> so a special shout out to Jim Moore and the Air Brigade, who recently posted an article on Facebook titled, Are Air-Cooled Porsches Prices Softening? Now the title of this podcast is, Are Air-Cooled Porsches Prices Declining? Because softening is kind of an odd word, but I'll get more to that in a little bit. That article is what put this on my high to-do list for this podcast. So I thought, you know what? I need to put something together. So here it is. So you have to continue listening and find out if they have softened or if they are declining. Also of note, if you missed it, our first ad was in the December issue of Sports Car Market. I think it was page 132. And stay tuned as I recently had a conversation with Keith Martin about a podcast project. And I'm waiting for a phone call, so we will see what happens. So be sure to check out the January issue of Classic Motorsports as our second ad will be appearing in that issue. Tim Suttered was a guest recently, a couple episodes back. So if you haven't listened to his interview, please do so. And as always, these are found on iTunes and wherever podcasts are found, like my phone, which just beeped. So you can also go to thecollectorcarpodcast.com to listen to all past episodes. Just go to the homepage and click on the image of the episode you want to listen to. You can also see all the chart graphs and data points that I mentioned in this episode on my blog, which is at that same website. And I hope to incorporate these market trend reviews into video soon. So it's not going to be like a super in-depth video, but it will show all the charts and graphs and some fun stuff. So not much happens on my YouTube channel. That's not the primary outlet podcasting is but it will be up there and it will be worth a visit if you want to see kind of what i'm talking about go to the youtube channel and check out the fox body mustang market trend video that one turned out pretty cool so on to air cool porsches from a top level perspective for the latest three years air cool porsches are up 8.6 percent i'm honestly surprised they're not up more i mean i know they had a big drive up in i think it was 2015 or so this includes all base model air-cooled Porsches from 1948 to 1998. Now let's go by generation here. So the 1948 to 1965 356s are up 53.2%, but this is really inflated somewhat, and I'll get to that in a second. The 1964 to 1973 911s are up 11.1%. The 1970 to 
1974 to 1989, 911Gs are up 22.1%. I'm sorry, 22.2%. The 1990 to 1994 964s are up 61.5%, a massive jump in the last three years. And the 1995 to 1998 993s are down 7%, which honestly just totally shocked me. Those are gorgeous cars. I love to have a turbo. So a nice little shout out. I had to look up my Porsche, which is a 1999-996 first year water-cooled, which does not get a ton of love because of the headlights, because of the front-end suspension for numerous reasons, but is actually outpacing the 993 in growth and grew 5.3% the latest three years. So buy them now because they are not going to get any cheaper. If you do buy one, you have to make sure the IMS bearing has been replaced. Even if they say it's not an issue because the car only has 20,000 miles, it's an issue. Or if it has 80,000 miles, it's still an issue. Trust me. I found this out the hard way. My engine didn't blow up or anything. Not, it wasn't that bad. So now let's dig into each of the different generations. So for the 356s, we have many submodels, and their trends are significantly different. So the base models were named everything from the introductory Gamoon models to the 1100, the 1500, engine power increased from 40 to 75 horsepower over this 18-year span. As I mentioned, 356s grew 53.2% over the last three years. Now, that was largely driven by the Gamund, which was 1948 to 1950. Their three-year increase was 66.1% with an average value of $1 million. So these are basically museum pieces that have gone through the roof the last three years. So, as I mentioned before, the percent change for the entire generation of 356s was 53.2%. If you were to take out the, the Gamoon cars, because they're such high-dollar cars, this growth only uh, goes way down to 26.8%. So, the recent rise in Gamoon prices is responsible for over half of the 356 appreciation. Now, the pre-A models, the 1955, I'm sorry, 1951 to 1955 Porsches, they were a second strongest growing model of the 356s. For the three years... They increased 49% with an average value of $102,000. Now, this was also driven by the 1951 model year. That went from 200 grand three years ago to 629 grand. And everything I'm quoting here is a number one condition. So this was an, over a 200% increase. Now, if you took that model out, so we're only looking at pre-A cars 1952 to 1955, they would only be up 2.1% with an average value of $68,000. So the 1951 model basically shot up the pre-A's as a whole, uh, which is really nuts. Now the 356As, 1956 to 1959, their three-year increase is 14.1% with an average value around $82,000. So interestingly enough, all models were up double digits except for the 1958 model, which was flat over this three-year time frame. So I'm not quite sure what's driving that. If you know, ping me, let me know. The 1960 to 1963 356Bs, their three-year increase was only 6.2%, average value around $60,000. The 60 and 61 uh, model years had the most growth around 12%, while the 62 and 63 model years only grew, actually they're under 3%. And finally, for the 356s, the last generation, the 356Cs, 1964 and 1965, their three-year increase was 15.1% with an average value of $74,000. Now, moving on to 911s, we basically have two subcategories, the 1994, I'm sorry, 19, 19, <laughs> 1964 to 1968, 
and then the 1969 to 1973. These base models were named either your straight called a base model, or I used the 911T. Engine power went from, I think, about 130 horsepower up to 157. And as I mentioned, as a generation, this one grew 11.1% over the last three years. So the 1964 to 1968 cars grew 14.8%, average value about $25,000. This was largely driven by the super rare 1964 911. Only a handful of those were made. That was up 25% and had an average value of almost $260,000. Now, if you took that one model year out, the average value of the 65 to 68 cars, uh, the average value would be about $67,000. So a big difference there. And the 68 model year was the first one. We see a negative three-year trend. It was actually down 2.4%. The 69 to 73 cars were up 3.2%, not a lot, with the average value being $47,200. And this negative three-year trend continues from 68 to 69 and 70, with both of those years showing a decline of 3.6%. Now, moving on to the 911G series, we have three subcategories driven by emission standards, engine changes, and technological updates. So these are the 1974 to 77, the 1978 to 83, and the 1984 to 1989. So the base models were named everything from a Carrera 2.7 to the SC 3.0 in 1978, and then back to the Carrera in 1984. Engine power increased from 150 horsepower to 217 horsepower over 16 years. Uh, the G-Series 911 grew 22.2% over the last three years. The biggest gainers for this generation is the 1974 model, which increased $24,000, which was almost a 60% increase. So ironically, the slowest gainer was the next year, the 1975 model, at only 5.8%. So 1974 to 1977, the three-year increase was 25.2%, with an average value of thirty grand, $29,000. 1978 to 1983, the three-year increase was 23%, with an average value of $39,000. And the 1984 to 1989 three-year increase was 20.3%, with an average value of $45,000. For the 964s and 993s, there's not, there wasn't a lot of significant changes to the designated sum model, so every year was basically the same as far as what it was worth three years ago and then as far as what it's worth today. Uh, even the average value was pretty close. 964s, as I mentioned before, grew amazing 61.5% with an average price of $42,000. My thought is, is that gr this growth may be due to the Singer effect. So for those of you who are not familiar with Singer, they redesigned factory Porsches, uh, specifically... 964 Carrera 2s without a sunroof, and they turn them into the ultimate inexpensive Porsche. You know, the whole body's redone in carbon fiber, all sorts of cool stuff. They've redesigned over 300 cars. I think they just hit their 300th car, which costs upward of nowadays about a million bucks each. And there's many other outfits that are trying to replicate the Singer effect with their own mods and aftermarket stuff. So I think that's putting a big pressure specifically on the 964, which is why their prices have gone up so much. The base model for the 964s is called the Carrera 2, and for this generation, power increased from 247 horsepower to 270 horsepower. And for our last generation, the 993s, this is the one that I was surprised, they declined 7% over the latest three years with an average value of $46,000. The base model went back to just being a call to Carrera, and power increased from 270 to 282 horsepower. 
So now to answer the big question, are air-cooled Porsches prices declining? So the wording is key here, as Jim from the Air Brigade, his article asked if they were softening. So the short answer is yes, they are softening. And overall, they are not declining with the exception of the 993s. Even that's not doing that bad. So for the latest three years, air-cooled Porsches, as I mentioned, were up 8.6%. But for the most recent 52 weeks, they're only up 6.5%. Now, by generation, we're going to break it down here. The 1948 to 1965 356s went from growing 53.2% over three years to only growing 8.9% over the latest year. The 1964 to 1973 911s, they went from 11.1% to 5%, so they lost 6% of growth in the most recent year. The 1974 to 1989 911Gs went from 22.2% to 2.6%, so almost a 20% decrease. And the 1990 to 1994 964s went from 615 to 10.7. So that's our biggest decrease in appreciation. And finally, the 1995 to 1998 993s went from being down 7% to being down only 3.4. So this is still, this is kind of the best news of the bunch. It's still down, but it's slowed. So eventually it will be flat. And then after that, it should start appreciating. So what does all this mean? That if you buy it because you love it, you'll never be wrong. Do you agree, disagree, or have a comment? Did I miss something obvious? I'm not a Porsche expert, but I could have missed something. I will have some real Porsche experts on soon to discuss. So until then, keep your tire straight, your foot on the gas, and I will talk to all of you next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.